On this episode, Andy and John discuss the Dave Bautista buddy comedy, Stuber. Welcome to The Road Home on Film. From the movies, not wrestling this time, right, John? Nope. Yeah, uh, I'm Andy coming to you live today from the Road Home from Wrestling World Mobile Headquarters of the film, and I got John in the front seat. What up, John? I have some ice cream to enjoy on the car ride home, and I couldn't be more ecstatic. 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 Is that how you say that? Ecstatic? Is that how that works? Hey, what is it? Yeah, the way you pronounce words is very fun. It's like a fun part of the show, you know? Ecstatic. Ecstatic? <laughs> It's a static. No, so static is static. No, static's that thing that happens when you like rub your shoes on carpet and stuff like that. You know, when you're ecstatic or elated. Mm, Did I say elated right? Well, that's not what we're talking about tonight. You know, we're talking about this movie, Stuber, and uh, this movie, you know, basically has a very, very loose uh, wrestling connection, but. This is something we're going to start doing, is throwing these uh, movie reviews up on the podcast feed, because a lot of people really like the fighting with my family once, so, mm-hmm. you know, we thought we'd just, uh, anything vaguely wrestling related that comes out, we'll go see it and check it out, and this is kind of like, you know, um, we are kind of the, uh, you know, the Christ figures of the movie-going audience, and that is because we went to see this movie so you don't have to. So we that's willing, what it is. Willing to sacrifice ourselves. Because <laughs> it was... So a, you didn't need to. It was a piece of shit. So... Um, but, uh, but John, first of all, let's talk about the main character in this movie and, you know, what our, you know, experiences are with this guy. So Dave Batista was the main character, and that's yes. kind of why we came to this, uh, this movie, to see him. Give me what I want. <laughs> Hunter, you know what I want. Give me what I want. Well, why don't you talk a little bit about... I mean, this this guy's from your era of watching wrestling, so you should know a lot more about him than I do. And uh, what's your experience with uh, Dave Batista as a wrestler and as an actor? So I've been... I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Uh, I was there when... I wasn't physically there, but I was watching <laughs> when he debuted on SmackDown with Devon. Uh, when it was Reverend Devon, and he was Deacon Batista. Deacon Batista, that's right. And he came out with like a big money collection box that he wore around his neck with a chain. And I thought, damn, this guy is huge. And I don't understand why he's in this role. Because okay. uh, he was basically just Devon's bodyguard, which made sense. But uh, from the church background that I had, most deacons weren't uh, threatening and jacked like that. Devon, get the deacon! Yeah, and then Batista would come running out. There he is, you know. And then cool. I and then I witnessed him, you know, kind of join Evolution, tag with Ric Flair for a long time. I, John, I've heard Evolution is a mystery. Did you know that? Listen, uh, you pronounce Evolution, it's Evolution. Well, that's just how Motorhead says it, though. I know, but you were correcting my aesthetic. Yeah, but, it, the, you know, there's no, like... Triple H is a mystery. <laughs> There's no Triple H song that mispronounces the word ecstatic. <laughs> Maybe one day. But yeah, well, tell me more about like uh, you know him as an actor, or if you have more to add about him as a wrestling. Did you like him as a wrestler? I mean, um, I mean, I don't think. I mean, he's not like my top ten wrestlers. Uh-huh. Uh, he's definitely been entertaining to watch, though. 
I feel like he's had some decent matches. Uh, his whole feud with Triple H that's gone on for 15 years. Uh, at the beginning, it was entertaining. Towards the end, not so much. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> his match with uh, Triple H at WrestleMania this past year was awful. Yeah, uh, from them, scary. from them, uh, you know, taking the nose ring that was supposedly ripped out. Uh, from his nose and just like the ref handing it to him, uh, one from his pocket as like a decoy. Not a great look. Wasn't a good way to go out, especially when he stumbled to get into the ring <laughs> this year at WrestleMania. Yeah, rough but days. he's had entertaining feuds, like his stuff with John Cena, where he quit the first time and he was in a wheelchair <laughs> in the middle of the like, ring. Wave like the Queen. I quit. <laughs> I mean, he's he's entertaining in the ring, and I think it helped transition him. Uh, into the movie picture realm uh-huh. fairly easily, uh, especially when a lot of his roles. So I think one of the main roles he's kind of known for is Drax in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe with the Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers movies, yeah. where he just plays this muscle head, no emotion, like just says anything that crosses his mind. But he's comic relief somehow, so... Somehow. Yeah. And even in wrestling, he somehow eventually became comic relief. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, the roles he's done, I, for the most part, have been good. I wouldn't say this movie was <laughs> one of those star roles. <laughs> no. I think he did one of the best jobs of anybody in the movie, but we'll get to all that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my experience with... Uh, I mean, thanks for asking, first of all, but my experience Listen, with... Listen, uh, I went back to the ice cream... <laughs> As soon as I was done talking, <laughs> I know, I know. I went buddy. straight to the ice cream, guys. The shit's melting. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get it in. Well, okay. So my experience with Batista can be summed up pretty quickly. I've seen him, you know, many times on past stuff, like what you're talking about. But he brings up one thing in my mind, and that is uh, Daniel Bryan tapping him out at WrestleMania 30 to win the, you know, unified heavyweight in. Uh, and at WWE Championship, mm-hmm. uh, so I will always, forever, be grateful to uh, Batista for that because that's fucking awesome. Because you knew Randy uh, Orton wasn't going to do the job, nope. so uh, you know it was really uh, that was a big important moment in my wrestling fandom. So I really that, and also Boo Tista or Blue Tista. That shit was funny. So uh, when everyone <laughs> in Evolution. Was wearing black pants or black trunks. He's wearing blue. And he's like, no, screw you guys, I'm wearing blue. Why? He just did goofy shit. And like, it never really worked out for him. So, uh, but yeah, and his recent run was just like, what the fuck is this? But I've really enjoyed him as an actor, um, especially in the movie Blade Runner 2049 or whatever, the Mm -hmm. newer Blade Runner. I thought he was awesome in that. And uh, he, you know, was physically imposing and whatnot. And I feel like I've seen him in other stuff that I liked. Uh, it's not coming to mind right now, which is not really helpful for this podcast. But uh, but that's that. Now, John, um, I want to read the uh, synopsis here online of this um, movie, Stuber, that we went and saw. And uh, then we will kind of go through each of the actors one by one and see how you thought they did. All right? Okay. So this movie, Stuber, when a mild-mannered Uber driver named Stu played by Kamal Najin. What was that? Uh, Kamal Najin. Louder for the, the podcast? 
picks up a passenger, Dave Batista, who turns out to be a cop hot on the trail of a brutal killer. Mm. He's thrust in a harrowing ordeal where he desperately tries to hold on to his wits, his life, and his five-star rating. That's a pretty good synopsis. However, I'm going to do a little synopsis of my own. All right? Please do. This is a story of two men. Two men who don't have ice cream in their beards, but... Do I have ice cream in my beard You now? did for a second. Um, two men, one of them who needs to learn how to cry, and one of them, you know, the same one, he needs to learn how to love and how to cry, and then the other one has to learn how to be a man. And that's kind of what this movie was trying to do, mm-hmm. you know? Did it accomplish it? We'll get there. But, uh, John, you got some of these folks you want to run through here and talk about? I do. So we already kind of talked about Dave Batista. Other roles I'd like to point out. Yes, please. Uh, we'll also point out that his name uh, in the movie is Vic Manning, and yeah. he does play the lead. Yeah, and he says he's not white, and he's not black, and he's not Mexican, and he's not this, and he's not that. But his name's Manning. So he's like Peyton's cousin or something? I don't, I don't, get it. I don't Isn't he like Filipino? No. Is he Filipino? I don't know. I don't see color. Okay. Uh, so we said Drax from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. He was also in one of my favorite movies of last year, which was Hotel Artemis. Okay. He played Everest, who was like a bodyguard, like a bodyguard slash nurse assistant. It was a really interesting movie. If you've never seen it, it's it's really okay. it's Let's really check fun. It out. Uh, he was also in Spectre. Oh yeah, the, the James Bond movie, movie, right? And he was a he was a uh, a bad guy in that. He was like uh, the like Jaws kind of like the mini yeah. boss. Hinks. Hinks. Was his character? I don't okay. think he had a single line. No, no. But that's the thing with Batista. He can play the comic relief at times, but he can also play just the brawn, the imposing bad guy. Right? Yeah, the or muscle that guy, you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I now, enjoy that. who was the bad guy in this movie? Because he only had one line, just like Dave Batista. His name was. <laughs> that's fine. You got it. Akio, your your was your was your was. <laughs> Yes. Now, I don't know if you recognize this guy, but he was recently in one of the Star Wars movies. Yes. And not only that, but he is also the main character in the Indonesian martial arts film, The Raid. And uh, The Raid 2. He's also, he's in both of them. Is right? he in two? Well, the Raid. Or in both? The Raid Redemption. <laughs> and then he's also in The Raid. He's the main character in both. Well, when I was creeping through his IMDb, I just kept seeing The Raid oh, yeah. 2. Oh, yeah. Well, there's two of them, yes. I know, but I didn't see, like, him listening to the first one. That's okay. Um, Audience doesn't care. But, uh, you know, the point is is that he is one of the, like, premier... If you remember when Tony Jaa kind of came out and the Ong Bak books, or Ong Bak movies came out, and he was, like, the new guy, just like Steven Seagal at one point was the new guy, or, you know, Chuck Norris. He, this guy's kind of the current badass in martial arts. Mm-hmm. And we got to see him do a little a bit of that stuff at the beginning, but uh, what do you think, of, how do you think he did in this movie? He didn't get to do much, did he? No. He really only <laughs> had that fight scene at the beginning, and I felt like they kind of wasted his talents throughout the rest of the Yeah, the his film. only line was I'm going to take everything from you, is what he said. Yeah. Which he had many chances there at the end to take everything he wanted, and he just he just did. He was like, "Wait, oh, for dramatic tension, I'm gonna pause." So uh, yes. <laughs> now, um, who else we got, John? You're, you're a mess over there. You got, I got ice cream and notes falling all over the place. It's all over your beard. What the hell? How'd you get notes in your beard? Oh well, it takes a special talent. That's weird. Um, <laughs> so Dave Batista 
has a child in this film. That's right. And Nicole. She's, and, Nicole, yeah, Nicole. And she's like 35. And he's only like 47. So I don't know how this was working out mathematically. <laughs> but whatever descendant he is from, they are potent. And they start reproducing early. Nice. Uh, so Nicole, his daughter, was played by, by Natalie Morales. Uh-huh. Uh, in a couple of different movies she's been in, uh, she was in Battle of the Sexes. Ooh. Did you ever see that? No. It's like a tennis movie where Emma Stone and Steve Carell. Um, comedy. Are, well, it technically wasn't a comedy. It was kind of a comedy drama. Dramedy? Yeah. Ooh. Where eventually they those two battle it out. Male versus female. Oh, that's what that means. Okay. Yeah. And she was one of the minor characters in it. Uh, she also voices a character in BoJack Horseman. Really? Is she... She's the... What, Elizabeth? She's uh, Yolanda Buena... 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 Okay, I think she's like a bird or something on that show. I don't know. I've never seen it. Dude, that show is fucking amazing. And it's like, it's one of those shows that if you watched it as a kid, like much like King of the Hill. If you watch King mm-hmm. of the Hill if you're a kid, you're like, I don't get it. And you watch it as an adult, you're like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's a lot like that. BoJack Horseman, tremendous show. Uh, and then I think probably her argu- arguably biggest role would be Lucy on Parks and Rec. Oh! She was Tom Halfaford's girlfriend no towards the end of the gotcha. series. Interesting. Yeah. That was a funny show. I, I love that show. One of my favorite shows. Yeah, it was good. Anyway, who else? Anybody else? Uh, yeah, we got two more big characters. Alright, let's get them. Uh, Maria Sorvino. Mira Sorvino, yes. Mira Sorvino. <laughs> Guys, if you've never if you've never listened to this show, (laughs) one of my special talents is pronouncing names. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at it. Incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah. And she played Angie McHenry. That's right. Now she was the double crosser, right? Whoa. It's fine. You know, we're (laughs) spoilers. Yeah, spoilers for this movie. Yeah, she was uh, she was like his uh, superior. She yeah, was she Dave was Batista's basically superior. she was basically in charge of the police department that Dave Batista was working in. You know, the police department, which was the LAPD, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which hold on, let's. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll yeah, get we'll get to it. There's some uh, dumb shit going on this week. Uh, so she has been in a lot of TV shows as mm-hmm. a recurring character. Some of those shows are Stalker, oh Human God. Trafficking, oh my God, uh, Falling Skies. And probably the most popular of all of them is Modern Family. Yeah, that's a great show. And then her most well-known film, uh, I'm pretty sure it came out in like 1997. Uh, she was uh, Rumi and Michelle's High School Reunion. That's right, yeah, where they she had was, the reunion. Yeah, she was Rumi White. And it was funny, and like the girl from Friends was in it. So. Yeah. There you go. So, good stuff. So, she literally <laughs> was in a movie in 1997, has been in minor, like, a, a, from what I was seeing, minor roles, mm-hmm. and then somehow she got, like, one of the one of the top bill <laughs> attributes in this movie. I don't attributes? Know. What's wrong with you? Okay. So, let's get through this last person so we can start talking about this goddamn fucking movie. Okay. Right. And our last one. Another another fun time of saying names here. <laughs> Kamal Najinia. Yeah. So, he would be the co-star of the movie. Yes. And, uh, it was Stu. Yes. Stu and Stuber. Yeah. That's right. He is the titular Stu. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and some of the roles that he's probably best known for, uh, he plays Kamal in The Big Sick, which is, uh, it was like an Amazon movie, it's like a, ro- like a rom-com, I think, where he, it's like his first breakout lead role. Okay. Uh, he was also Pawnee in The Men in Black International. Oh, yeah. He was like he the was little the alien. Little, yeah, that was blatant. And then probably his biggest role, I would say, is from Silicon Valley, where he plays Dinesh Chuktai. That's a great show. However, it's so formulaic. It's like the main character is a shithead and he fucks shit up, and then at mm-hmm. the end, it just magically all fixes itself. Just somehow works, you know. Out. But he's pretty funny. Ganesh is pretty funny on that show. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think? How did he do in this movie? <sighs> I've seen him do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. This movie is a comedy, and so we open up I, much like Kindergarten Cop. It kind of opens up with a big action scene where mm-hmm. you got this, uh, you know, these two police officers. One's named Dave Batista, the other's named Officer Dead Meat, and mm-hmm. basically they enter like a shopping mall type area or something. Shopping mall like a slash hotel. hotel. Yeah, and they're there to get. The, the main bad guy, the kung fu bad guy, right? Mr. Washington. That's his name, Mr. Washington, right? Get out of here. So so they get they ascend, you know, up an elevator and they get in there and there's this big action scene where I mean, how blatant was this? I mean, did you know that Officer Deadmeat was in fact Officer Deadmeat like the second you saw her? Because I did. Well, Yes. Yeah. I mean, we knew this was like the prequel to the movie. This is why he was going to be a washed-up dickhead, right? And, you Cause, know, because at this point we hadn't even seen the title like flash across this the is screen. Cold open, yeah, man. So you knew that something was up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this is the best action scene of the movie, and this had some some levity in it. You know, like for example, uh, at one point his uh, partner, Dave Batista's partner, is fighting with this uh, this uh, Indonesian gentleman out in the like middle of this giant rotunda, and mm-hmm. Dave Batista decides to uh, you know do a flying nothing off the uh, office, <laughs> like three stories up, just jumps it's a, off. And it's a just... POV shot. <laughs> And that was really funny. Um, you know, the crowd that we saw this with was a Friday night, you know, movie crowd. And, man, they fucking thought it was the funniest shit in the world. You know, mm-hmm. there were many times where me and John were looking at each other like, that is not funny. And the whole crowd's like, burr, 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 burr. But I did laugh. I oh, don't yeah. I don't want to, like, act like I didn't have a couple chuckles. Oh, wait, there was a really good one we got to talk about. I hope you remember <laughs> it because I don't. So. I do. I have <laughs> notes on it. <laughs> So, this sets up the movie as basically his partner dies, and this, you know, this super bad guy or whatever, this this super villain, he has, yeah. you know, killed her, and he gets away, and that's it. And so, Which, this... Mm-hmm. So, this is the part that I was, like, starting to mention earlier. There were so many scenes, like, especially at the beginning, where they're just firing guns recklessly into crowds. Like, at one point, so the, the little bad guy gets away, and he's, like, like mixed into a crowd... And she sees him, and she starts shooting <laughs> into a crowd that's going to a Clippers game at Staples Center. And I'm like, what is, what are we doing? John, this is not even the worst offense when it comes to this. Because at one point, they're actually having a close counters gunfight with automatic weapons in a veterinarian's. With, and, and the bad guys are standing in front of animal cages. Yes. And somehow the bullets magically just open the cages as opposed to slaughter the animals. So many parrots' <laughs> lives were saved. 
Oh my god. We'll get to that. But uh, yeah, so we have that scene there, and then, you know, basically this sets up our movie, and we see that, uh, in fact, is this where we meet the the um, Indian gentleman at this Stuber point? Stuber or Stu? Stu, yes, Stuber, thank you. I think yes. this is where we meet him, right? And we yes. learn. Him and his manager. We Yes, and his manager was funny, right? He was. He was a dickhead that owns like an all about sports type place. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called like Everything But or, or, I can't Outside. Outside the box. That's yes, what it's called. Outside the box. Which doesn't even make sense. And it was uh, a sporting goods store. So they set up that this, you know, that this dude works at the sporting goods store. His boss is a dickhead. So much of a dickhead. Mm-hmm. He knows that his his underling there has an Uber business and, and r- drives an Uber. Mm-hmm. So he orders an Uber, and then that guy has to drive him home. You yeah. know, that's pretty irritating. I mean, if I knew that any of the people that work underneath me drove for Uber, I would automatically like call. That's but really yeah. But uh, another thing is, Uber doesn't work that way. You have to have Uber open and like accepting clients. There, there's a to... lot of things with Uber that don't work this way that happened in, in this movie, you know. So, but Uber definitely paid a lot of money. Oh, no doubt to They're be mentioned. advertised in this. Yeah, and they came off looking great in this movie. You know, mm-hmm. Uber's like this fucking save the day at the end, you know. Right. So uh but yeah, then we get this cool montage. I mean, I guess, you know, the crowd really liked it of him having nightmare people in his car, mm-hmm. which ends with someone vomiting and spilling shit all over the car because Dave Batista is driving recklessly. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember we, we didn't talk about why he's driving recklessly and he is handicapped for the whole movie? And what happened, John? He had LASIK surgery because he can't see. He is a humongous and, asshole, right? So yeah. tell, tell like the folks about his daughter and the interaction and why getting LASIK surgery mm-hmm. today, on this day, would just be the biggest dickhead move ever. So his daughter, the whole kind of premise is that his daughter has an art show going on that night where she makes sculptures that she just really wants him to see. And he's like, well, I need to have LASIK done today. So he has it done. And he then asks her, hey, can you come pick me up? And she's like, I'll have to drive two hours out of the way to come pick you up, to take you. Which, hold up. What's going on? What? <laughs> so you expect your dad to drive two hours out of the way to come to your art show? I mean, she, she showed him how Uber works. And you then know? two hours back? That's a, that's unheard of. In L.A., that's like three miles, you know? So I've never been there. you got to get on the 101, man. That's like three miles on the 101, two hours of rush hour. Are you kidding me? Listen, don't tell me about the highways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know shit about it anyway. You're just literally been rambling off numbers. Absolutely. But, you uh, catch the 304, yeah, then you get on the 7, 8, and 12. That too, yeah. I mean, if you want to. You don't have to. You can cut over on the 7. Yeah, then you get on like the 344, <laughs> and it takes you right by the coast. And All right, all right. So... <laughs> so yeah, he is having lunch with his daughter at this Chinese restaurant, which comes back at the very end. That mm-hmm. is one thing I will say about this movie: is they set up a ton of like things and they knock it down every single one. So they mm-hmm. did do that, which is nice, you know. So basically, you know, he tells her, you know, hey, I'm going to be at this thing. I want to be at this thing because she's having this art gallery mm-hmm. opening for her for her uh, statues that she makes, so mm-hmm. sculptures. So um, you know, he gets in his car, but why did he get in his car to start driving around? You remember? He got into his car because he got a lead on where the bad guy was at. His name was Oka. No, Mr. Washington. Let's just go with that, you know? Yeah, no. no, it was Tej... T- what was it? Tej. It was Ted G. 
Ted to J-E. Tejo. Yeah, Tejo. he was like, do you know Tejo? Tejo. Oh, man, that guy. Wow, we got... Got a badass on yeah, our man. hands. Man, he's way more badass than Batista. Why do motorcycle riders do that? I don't understand. Um, oh, it's because of the because of the thing where it blows up if you don't do that. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he gets a hot lead on where uh, Mr. Washington is at, and they he wants to pursue it, mm-hmm. but he also realizes that he can't see. So he's like, I'm just going to do it anyways. I'm going to go for it. And he just like backs off a, like, basically a cliff to get onto the street, and then he eventually drives into a ditch yeah. and realizes... Shit, I gotta call an Uber. Yeah, and the guy who who like called him, his name was like Leroy or something. And he yeah. was this like kind of stereotypical black dude who worked in like a Chinese like things factory. I mean, that like every kind of Chinese thing you could think of is in this like room, and he's just standing in there, you know. Yeah, there's just like, drawers of finger traps. There's lamps, you know. <laughs> Chinese there's, like, lanterns, rice lamps, little yeah. dragons. Just I'm like, like what, what is this? <laughs> It was Koreatown. It was Koreatown, yeah. So it was technically Korean stuff, but they didn't know what they were doing. So, you know, and, and, you know, he hangs up on Batista, right? So Mm -hmm. this is kind of what sets everything in motion. And Batista wrecks his car, but he's got to get there to find out what's going on. So he calls an Uber, right? Yeah, and it was Stuber that picked up. Stuber didn't want to take it. But, you know, why did he have to? What was Stuber's motivation? There were two things motivating him in this movie. Stuber was terrified to get a rating score of under four, mm-hmm. which based off kind of what the movie, the gist of it, he should have been under four well before picking up yeah. Vic. He wrecked like, <laughs> like so <laughs> many, they showed so many people giving him low scores and yet somehow eventually he was like at a 4.1 and I was like, oh, he's getting so close. He's on the verge of losing this. Despite so, having 17 people already get bad scores. But why is he Uber driving? So he's Uber driving because he needs to pick up extra money because he wants to help pay for a spin cycle class, or store joke gym. Does not work, by the way. A spin cycle store gym with his girlfriend who he's had relations with one time and thinks that if he uh, helps pay for this gym, that she'll eventually fall for him. And he's terrified to tell her how he actually feels, and this leads to some of the comic stuff in the movie. But the joke that they say over and over with the stupid spin... It's called, like, what do they call it? The spinster? It's the spinster. It's fucking stupid. It's not even funny. Like, it's, it's like a... It's a joke... That is so bad that the daughter has to explain the joke in the movie, and I still don't get it. So, you know, I, and we don't need to explain it. So, I, I, you know, I understand what they were trying to go for. They just, there were so many other things they could have done there, right? Well, so, the big problem is this isn't the 1940s. Yeah. So and nobody knows what the fuck a spinster is unless you took... Like a flapper class in high school. Yeah, you know what a spinster <laughs> is. They do the Charleston. Why are you supposed to do the water da? You know. Yeah, right. that's. Uh, yeah, no one's stupid. doing that. No, no one's doing that. So that was a terrible joke. But you know, basically, once they get in the car together, this is when we start to have our comedic hijinks, where they mm-hmm. go from place to place, neighborhood to neighborhood. Because at mm-hmm. first they have to go to Koreatown, then they go to Compton, then they go other places. Right. And you know, there's some 
like the there you know we kind of got to talk broadly about this or we're going to talk about the thing the whole night but the well here let's both <clears throat> pick one location that was our favorite well i mean mine was the male strip club that was really <laughs> funny right so it can both it can be both of ours no so, i got a different one so you know they go to find leroy leroy's dead it turns out so he picks up leroy's flip phone which is a burner so i mean listen there were so many flip phones in this movie there's a lot of flip phones and he finds out that um, he messaged a woman named like Jesse Titties or something like that, you know? Tataya. Or yeah, something. and it's like she's she's French. It's Tataya's or something, which was kind of funny. So he goes to this club, and it's a male strip club. But here's the thing: here's the, there's a couple jokes going on here. One is is that Batista can't see, so he doesn't know that it's a male strip club. He's like, "What? Right. You never seen a naked woman before?" <laughs> because you got the Indian dude, uh, Stuber. He is freaking out this whole movie until mm-hmm. towards the end where he becomes a man you know but tell me about this interaction between Stuber and the uh, stripper in the, in the stripper because this was the best part of the movie yeah so Stu finally gets a phone call from his boo thing that you know she just had a breakup with her current boyfriend and she really wants him to come over and so she calls Stu while he's at the strip club and he's having a heart-to-heart with this one male stripper who has been belittled by Ashley Tatea. She smacks a chicken salad sandwich out of his hand. She mouth. smacks a chicken salad sandwich out of his hand. Tells him that his pecs are just fat. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, they have a strict water-only-for-four hours rule. Before you before go stage, performance. Yeah. No one wants to see your fat ass, is what she was saying, yeah. you know. So... Uh, while the stripper is getting dressed, he's putting on like <laughs> putting like the little wrist straps on, fraily ones. As and then he, he, yeah, as he's helping um, uh, Stuber, he's making uh, these great points, and every time he does, he puts some new accoutrement for right. the stage. While, while being shirtless, he's putting oh, on well. just like the. 1940s garb. Oh no, this is older. Was, it was more yes, like he was in like the 1700s or the yeah. 1500s. The powdered wig and all that is what yes. he was going the, for. Well, the powdered wig was the final touch. So Stu's on the phone. And he's like, "Oh, I got to get a good background." So he has like the lockers in the background. And he's talking to Boothang because he only talks to her on FaceTime, of course, yes. because otherwise these jokes wouldn't work. But yeah, right. Uh, and so he's talking, and strippers helping him out. And then another male stripper who is pantsless walks by, and she's like, did I just see a penis? And he's like, what? No. She's like, I'm pretty sure that guy had a dick as big as Simon Birch. Yes, she said. <laughs> I was like, that's great, because no one, again, knows who Simon Birch yeah, really is, because true. our references in this movie are so old. Yeah, or just, like, they're old, or they're just like, what? They just don't even land, you know? Which Simon Birch, for those who don't know, was a movie about a dwarf and his normal height best friend. Yeah, there you go. So um, so this scene was hilarious, though, because mm-hmm. this, uh, this you know, uh, stripper was a stripper with a heart of gold, you know, and it was hilarious. And that, that was my favorite part of the movie. And meanwhile, we have Batista in the back with titties or whatever her name is. Tatea. Tatea. And he's, you know, getting pumping her for information. But she turns him in as soon as he try, lies away with her flip phone, you know. Right. So, Everyone in their damn flip phones. So, you know, Batista in this movie is extremely naive. He's been blinded by this, this vengeance to 
you right. know, avenge his partner. He can't even love his family that, mm-hmm. that exists and see that they need him. He can't even see that people are, are double-crossing him right and left. Right. You know, that he's about to get Pearl Harbored. You know, he gets Pearl Harbored right multiple, and left in this movie. So, so, you know, the point is is that that's what's going on, and we just explained what was going on with, uh, with uh, Stuber. And, you know, this all kind of culminates when in the sporting goods store, right? Which is probably what my favorite scene was. Okay. Since you took the male strip club, I, I had mean, to, let's hear about I had it, to so. lateral over to the... Well, the, let's out of the box. set it up. Why did they go to the? Why did they end up there? You know? So they ended up there because Vic had wasted all of his bullets being blind, uh, shooting around the veterinarian's office <laughs> um, earlier in the night. And, and how they get there, just real quick, is they go to a uh, Hispanic neighborhood uh, because that's the lead they got. And mm-hmm. the you know Stuber ends up shooting a Hispanic man that they are shaking down in the leg. Yes. And so they take him to this this like you know mob office. veterinarian mm-hmm. where he is going to you know work on it. The veterinarian walks out of the room and starts listening to uh, a really funny song. Like it was pretty funny. Oh, it's um, like the air. The I air breathe. I breathe. Yes, he was. So it's, that's our outro music, and he was listening to that. And then and while that's going on, there's just murder going on because the, all, all the bad guys show up to, to fight him and everything uh, in there. And then, you know, from there, they run out of bullets. They make it there. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. So they end up at the sporting goods store, and Vic's like, hey, just put all of the bullets on my tab for my Uber. And he's like, that's not how Uber works. There's and a he, lot of that's not how Uber works jokes yeah. in this movie, you know? So they eventually get into, like, a little scuffle and argue about... Um, the man, the manliness of of each of them, <laughs> and how it's okay to cry and it's okay to be tough, and uh, they eventually just start fighting each other and they tear up the entire store, knocking over displays, uh, fishing hooks, fishing lures, the face, which we saw the fishing lures earlier. So they were in the background of one of the scenes, and I mean this was really great. They they yeah. set some of the stuff up, knocked it down. Um, you know, and then and then the the boss shows up, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think my funny the funniest part of the fight scene for me is when they knocked over a bunch of bikes, and then Stu grabs like a little like little kid's bike and just wails Batista in the face with it. Yeah, pretty hard. I, I did chuckle at that. That was funny. Uh, and then yes, uh, douchebag boss shows up, and he says. Oh, yeah, good. he had a pretty good joke here. Um, basically, he's holding a crossbow. He's holding them like you know, uh, Mexican uh, standoff uh, mm-hmm. way with a with a crossbow. And uh, you know, I, hopefully, we'll it comes here. out as funny you know here as it did. In well, the let's movie. talk about some more, and then maybe uh, throw it out there. What do you think? Sure. <laughs> What's the joke, John? Oh, he says, "What? I got a bunch of homeless people hiding in the store. Y'all doing a little squat and fuck." Y'all squatting and fucking in the <laughs> that store. That's so funny, and I don't even know why. Again, either. like most of the jokes are either not funny because you don't know why, or funny mm-hmm. because you don't know why. You know, so well it was almost at times where they were just literally just throwing everything at the wall, mm-hmm. and they were hoping that something would stick. And you know, every fifteenth joke it was know, funny. Yeah, you funny. You know, the blind squirrel is going to find a nut every once in a while, right? right? You know, a blind Batista is going <laughs> to find a funny joke every once hey! in a while. <laughs> that was great. 
So that part was pretty funny. And the boss character, I'm looking at you and like, great, because I thought he was going to go with him to the big right. stand and he didn't. And I was like, fuck, it's not going to be funny then. And this kind of leads up to the big, you know, uh, big, uh, whatever finish of the show. And, yeah. you know, where we have everybody meet up because what happens is that we get revealed at the audience that there's been a double cross. And that is that the police chief or whatever she is, we don't know. I don't even think we know where her fucking name is. Oh, it was uh, McHenry. Her, McHenry, you know. So she... Angie McHenry. We didn't ever hear that in the movie, I don't think so. Well, IMDb told me. Yeah, exactly. So Angie McHenry, who is Batista's boss, he calls her and is like, I know where the guy's going to be. You know, this is where... Because there's some, like you know, some drug deal going down, mm-hmm. and that's the whole crux of the movies. He's trying mm-hmm. to get to this drug deal to bust this guy that killed his partner. And so, you know, this is when we get all of the jokes from the beginning of the movie knocked down, or all the things set up. Like, for example, when they first got in the car together, you know, they talked about, like, uh, you know, hey, you ever done the thing? He, he finds he's, he's a cop. He finds out he's mm-hmm. a cop. And he's like, you ever do the thing where you jump in front of someone and stop a bullet? And he's like, what? That doesn't work. You ever done the thing where you shoot a car and shoot the tires out and they go flying? That doesn't work. And then, of course, they do all those things at the end, mm-hmm. which is good movie making. You know, at least I didn't forget. Yeah. I hate when they set this stuff up and then they just go, oh, we, we oh, were we that supposed for, to address yeah, that? Yeah, we said that for no reason. So that was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, this final action scene had a lot of just dumbass shit going on in it. Where the bad guys got the drop on him. He's mm-hmm. just been firing, like, bullets at their fucking heads. And now he's got him dead to rights and he just stands there. Right. And you're like, wait, well, why, why are you Because an attractive there? woman showed up. That's right. The daughter. Yeah. So, but uh, but we did forgot to mention, like I said, that the the boss comes and she shows up and she's supposed to be like the cavalry coming, right? Mm-hmm. But Stu, he had taken off at this point. They had parted mm-hmm. ways, but he saw, you know, what was going to happen. And did you know? I mean, you kind of knew what was going to happen. Here, I did right? because they also set up a joke earlier on that he was driving an electric car, and they run so quietly that you can't hear them, like a fart. He said, like yeah. a fart. Silent, like a fart. Yeah, he was a f- like a lo- lower than four star driver. As soon as Batista get in the car, he's like, silent but deadly, like a fart. Or, or not like a fart. I, yeah. I, I, maybe it wasn't funny, you know? It's a lot of awkward humor like that. And, and the whole time, too, throughout the movie, he is talking to this girl he has, is interested in. Mm-hmm. And those are all awkward, terrible conversations, yeah. except for the one in the strip club, which is hilarious. And he basically achieves his manhood by taking his Prius or whatever the fuck it is and driving mm-hmm. it through the boss who is attacking, who has just shot Batista. Mm-hmm. He's, he's dead to rights again. And he drives himself right through her. And then that's like, that could be the end of the movie. But no, we got another bad guy we got to chase down. Mm-hmm. Then the daughter fucking shows up and we mm-hmm. have a Mexican standoff involving her and all the guys and everything. And eventually, Stuber, did he... He had to shoot the guy, right? I mean, what happened here at the end? I kind of can't remember. Um, no, Stu was knocked out by that point. Okay. So who ended up shooting? Oh, wait, he didn't shoot him. No, yeah, the Stu, cops showed up, right? Stu yeah. jumped in... Spoilers. Stu jumped in front of the bullet. That's right. And then Vic choked out uh, Mr. Washington. So Mr. Washington, you know, took the gun away mm-hmm. from Nicole, the daughter, who... Late, you know, at the actual uh, art thing, um, the art 
gallery or whatever, mm-hmm. Batista had given her a gun because yes. look out, there's shit going down, mm-hmm. right? So he, you know, she showed up with a gun. She had it on the bad guy. He fucking took it from her, and he goes to shoot her. And you're right. Here he comes. Slow motion. He jumps in the way. He takes the bullet, which looks like it goes right through his heart, um, like what? a bullet just plunged into his heart. But he was fine, you yeah, know. So apparently, like his elbow. In fact, you know, the whole movie there was this joke that they just kept hammering us over the head with. Every time he got a scratch on the car or whatever, mm. it's a lease. It's a lease. It's a lease. You have fucking insurance? You have insurance, asshole? Because, I mean, I do. And Well, he doesn't have human life insurance, so I don't know. I mean, he has to have insurance to drive for Uber, doesn't he? Yeah, man. Like, that's, that, that's like not a loophole. Yeah, like, you got to have it. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, it's fucking stupid. But, yeah, uh, so that, you know, eventually, while he's getting medical treatment, the car finally blows up. And that's the big end joke, you know, before we get our little, you know, uh, what do they call it, the, the big wrap-up at the end, is that mm-hmm. he's like, it's only how is it even exploding it doesn't have gas and the crowd was losing it at this and me and you were like <laughs> we were like so tell us about the end uh, scene here in the hospital and we'll wrap this thing up um, they come to Batista's vision's working again he sees his daughter they kiss and make up not literally that'd be weird I mean whatever uh, and some for some reason Stu's sitting there right next to him and a cop comes in and he says hey I, I recovered your phones from the crime scene <laughs> good job guys see you later <laughs> right I'll say I'm, out. I'm done with this movie it's and, a wrap uh, on cop <laughs> see you later <laughs> I did my job uh, and you know Vic gets his bill it's like five thousand dollars which you know is kind of cheap for Blowing up a car. He did blow up a like, lot of shit. I would think that Uber would charge him for he the exploded so car. so many people, too, and, like, none of that was addressed. It's like, Which is like yeah. an 80s action movie, which mm-hmm. I kind of think that's funny, but, you know. Uh, and then, eventually, uh, we flash forward a couple months, and he's at the little Chinese takeout place yeah. getting takeout instead of eating in. Did you notice the Jewish family sitting behind yes, him? Yes, I you, saw. Do you know about this thing? That Jewish people love... On Christmas, there's a Jewish tradition that you go to a Chinese restaurant because they're the only fucking thing open anyway. Mm-hmm. So, kind of cool. And they don't believe in Jesus? No. Some of them do, mm-hmm. but mostly not. You know, I did see, when I was a kid uh, and I was at church, there was this group that would come around every once in a while and give talks, and they were called Jews for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it was like... You're a Christian. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that is. Jew, but, I mean, whatever, you know. I, I remember there was a uh, comedian that had a joke, and it was like, that's like Chip and Dale for lesbians. It was a, it was a joke, so. Uh, but, uh, whatever. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, he gets the Chinese food, and he goes to a house that's all lit up for Christmas, yes. and his daughter answers the door, but... Womp, womp, womp. Stu's there. Oh. He's like, hey, we didn't know to tell you, like, that we were dating, so we just thought we'd, like, tell you it. Christmas dinner. It felt right. Christmas felt right. And he's like, what? This is your walk in the woods. Because they were oh, setting up... Uh... Come on, man. Really? So, uh, yeah, so the end of the podcast is now going to be ruined by some fucks, uh, you know, uh, car alarm. But we'll just uh, power through it. Oh, it's off. Yeah, so there was a story earlier in the movie where, um, you know, Batista had told... He told uh, Stuber how he had become a man, and that was his father just left him in the desert. <laughs> yep. 
and said, this is your desert moment. And he had this pen knife, right? Mm-hmm. Which the pen knife came back at the end, too. Sort of. It was kind of... stabs him. It was shoehorned in. The pen knife was shoehorned in. Yeah. It was like a Swiss Army knife. It had a shoehorn on it. And, uh, no, that's not good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so basically he said, this is your desert. This is your night in the desert. And again. And everyone's like, what? And that's the end of the movie. And they're like, thank gosh. <laughs> Time to get out of here. <laughs> so, uh, John, this movie fucking sucked, but it did have some funny stuff in it. Um, what do you think, like, what what type of scenario would this movie be okay to watch in? Like, you know, to me, this is like something like maybe you drank too much the night before and you're just trying to kind of, you know, have a nap, but slash just watch something, you throw this on, right? So what you're saying is you are watching Star 64 on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. And golf's on one channel, and you're like, let's see what's on Star 64. Oh, it's like a D-list movie. Mm-hmm. Let's just throw that on in the background while I vacuum and do chores and then take a nap. And it'll give me some chuckles, but I can also fall asleep and wake back up and realize that I haven't really missed anything. That's it, yeah. That's the kind of movie this is, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fun. Well, uh, I don't know. I had fun seeing it, and I did have fun reviewing it, of course, and I can't wait to think of all the jokes we could have made on this show like an hour from now where I go, oh, man, we missed that, and we missed that. But, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun, and I find it, you know, fun to review a movie like this where the plot's so simple. You know, and the like, uh, the things that they're trying to get over are so obvious that it makes it really easy to remember. So you know, yeah. So what were they trying to get over? Well, they were. I already said it. I said it at the beginning of the show, and that was that they were. You know, it was two men searching for different things in their lives. One of them found, you know, love and figured out how to mm-hmm. be a father to his daughter. The other uh, man figured out how to be a man and tell that bitch what's up, and then he found love too. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I think, it, think well, I agree. I think it's a good, uh, it shows a good balance of needing to be able to be strong like a man, but also be willing to have a more uh, softer side. Yeah, Batista cried at the end. That was supposed yeah. to be a big deal. You so know? it shows that, you know, it's okay to have emotions as a man, but it's also okay to just be a, like a brawny meathead at times. That's and true. And if you're able to mesh those two together, I guess that makes a perfect man. I guess so. You know, I constantly get accused of being too much of a brawny meathead all the time. And, like, I, I've learned from this movie that I can be sensitive, too, you know? And I have always learned that I'm much more softer and that <laughs> I need to be a little more brawny. Yeah? And so I, I, I guess I just need to start doing steroids and man. going to the gym and, you know, just Maybe. pounding... <laughs> Pounding, uh... Coldstone Creamery? No, not Coldstone. <laughs> that was good. Uh, what are the... Muscle pro- milk! Yeah, like protein shakes Yeah, man, that's, that makes you poop. You know, it's good stuff, so there you go. Start snorting that powder. I don't think so. Was that, what was the stuff that Vince McMahon, the Echo, Eco Pro, or something? Eco Pro, that's what that Did was. Did he have a protein powder? Oh, yeah, man. That, that was in the 80s, you know. Mm. Or 90s and 80s. But uh, anyway, so, well, it was a lot of fun talking about it. And I hope you guys enjoy this movie review. Please hit us up on Twitter at the Road Home FW. Let us know what you think. And, uh, John, where, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me at jhad05 on Instagram, Twitter, and What's that other one? Snapchat. And then I also sometimes, not often, do movie reviews on fieldofreviews.com. Sweet. And I also have an Instagram account, but there's nothing on there. Yeah. Because it's more of like a writing thing, and I don't really know how to do the 
writing when it comes to like posting on Instagram. I, there's like 40 hashtags you got to put in every fucking yeah, post. Yeah, too much shit. It's no. ridiculous. So, well, you can find me intrusive for tweets. And uh, John, would you recommend this movie or not? Uh, if you have watched every other movie in the theater right now, maybe. But if you haven't seen other movies that are out there, like. Spider-Man and Aladdin and soon-to-be Lion King. Yeah, go probably go see those first. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you're desperate, go see this. It's a hard no for me, you know? So uh, this is not a recommend. Um, you know, you'll have more fun listening to us talk about it than you'll see in the movie. But, uh, but yeah, that's everything. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sayonara. <laughs>